When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! episode of the horror movie night this week we advise you to pack some sunscreen tequila and call all the most aggressively shitty people you know because we're taking a trip to mexico with 2008 the ruins plants get all up inside adam while he's trying to read the actual book that this movie was based on scott got all up inside adam while he was sleeping and the memories of this trip will forever be inside matt and probably anyone else he comes in contact with let's discuss Wow. That's I, pro- basically, that's the best thing this movie ever spawned, because nothing good came from this movie except for that. This movie is fucking garbage. Okay, so the, first, so the very first thing I noticed before, and I'm, I'm going to give a heads up for, for this episode and, and next week, I really did <clears throat> my best to keep these plot descriptions to like the bare essentials, and thankfully both of those movies have the ability to let me do that. So don't be shocked if these are shorter plot descriptions, listeners. So the movie starts off with two couples, Jeff and Amy and Eric and Stacy, and they're vacationing in Mexico. And it's at this point that I didn't realize that Jonathan Tucker was in this, since I thought he literally only was in the movie 100 Girls. So they befriend Matthias. Matthias, uh, he's a German tourist. He's a German tourist. And with they, the most atrocious fucking accent? German uh, accent? Oh, accent. man. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's not a good accent, like if that's not if if that really is his accent or not. But regardless, it is like goddamn impossible to take anything he says seriously because he sounds like a caricature. Well, and like they decide to go with him to visit his brother at some Mayan temple, and uh, this is the thing that bothers me is like before this, there's this whole established thing that they have never left the resort, even though everybody 
or not everybody, but at least two of the people would really like to go visit some of these these ruins. And the girls refuse. But suddenly it's just like, oh, hello, random German. Yes, we'll totally venture into the middle of nowhere because we're very trusting suddenly. Within um, 30 seconds of meeting him, yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, well, uh, wait, you don't even know where you're going? You have a map drawn on a piece of paper? Yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Let's go on this adventure. What could possibly go wrong? And fucking we're all hard. hung over his shit. Let's go somewhere where we've never been. That no one's ever I, been. It's not even on yeah, the maps. Uh, <laughs> it's like, um, and let's wear flip-flops. That, <laughs> I couldn't get past uh, that let's, scene. Let's not even take a day's worth of water. The saddest thing is that Jeff is probably the most likable person in this movie, and he's, like, barely likable. <laughs> He's just yeah. less shitty than everyone else. And then out of nowhere, Matthias is bringing his friend Dimitri, too. Because, you know, we need to make sure that we have enough people to have deaths in this movie. And this is at the point where I actually made a note where I said, in just 15 minutes in this movie, we've met six characters and seen them meet each other. Had man-ass and full frontal female nudity. And had multiple should-we-shouldn't-we-go arguments. Wait, like, wait, wait. Where, did I miss the full frontal? Who got naked? Stacy, man. Stacy, she's like full frontal. Stacy? <laughs> there was Dude, not the one example of how much I could not, how how little a shit I fucking gave about anybody in this film. Yeah, that's like in the wow. first ten minutes. I watched this like two weeks ago, and I don't remember anybody's names. So the, oh, the, oh, I had to look up a picture. She's the one that looks like um, Michelle Williams. Well, she's the what she's actually from. Is uh, what I know her from is she's in she's the man, uh, and she's the girl that has that. a crush on Amanda Bynes's character as a boy. Oh, you were man, too got... old to be watching she's the man when Dude, she's, she's the man came out. She's now. the Dude, man no, no, no. is a great movie. <laughs> no, she's the man is a fantastic movie because <laughs> poor Amanda Bynes. It was before Amanda Bynes got real crazy, but it's real cute. I really like that film. Um, Who's the dude in it? That's also played by Amanda Bynes. <laughs> That's a uh, bad joke. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Um, shit, who's the dude that she has the crush on that makes her, that she decides to dress up as? Or, uh, the guy for Channing Tatum? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Channing Tatum's pretty cool. Like I, I feel like he's really easy to hang out with. That's just me. But no, no, no. In any case, uh, she's the man. I, I I did not watch when it first came out, but then. When Megan moved in, she brought all of her DVDs, and she was like, have you ever watched She's the Man? I was like, no. And she was like, we're putting it in and watching it. And so we watched it, and I love that movie. It's got so many quotable lines. I mean, I seriously quote that movie to this day. It's not something I should be proud of, but I am. Yeah, no, I think I think She's the Man is a perfectly fine film, as is uh, Sidney White, <laughs> the other Amanda Bynes movie that I own. Um, anyway, so... They uh, reach the ruins, and pretty much immediately villagers come out, and they kill Dimitri, because why not? He's useless and totally expendable. But I, I do think that that arrow headshot combination was, was kind of cool. That was probably the literally the highlight of the movie, <laughs> was <laughs> that, like, four seconds. Um, so the, the people who aren't Dimitri run up the steps to the ruins, and that's where they find an abandoned campsite as well as Matthias's dead brother's dead body. They hear his cell phone ringing deep inside the ruins, so they try to lower him in there, but then the rope breaks, leading him to be paralyzed. So Amy and Jeff go to get help from the Mayans. In so, Amy grabs just a handful of vines and throws it at them, 
and it hits a hits a little boy, and the mines just immediately shoot that kid. And that's when they realize that they're not afraid of them; they're afraid of the vines themselves. Uh, the next morning, they find that the vines have literally stripped almost all the skin off of Matthias's legs, so Jeff cuts them off. It's also gotten inside of Stacy's leg. Yeah, so inside the ruins, they find the corpse of the female archaeologist that Matthias's brother had come here with, and that the phone ringing sound is actually just a vine that's mimicking the ring. Uh, the hey, vine. so so the the vine that makes the sounds, you know, like it's like oh, it can sound like a ringing phone or somebody screaming and all that stupid shit, like. Is it bad that that's what broke my suspension of disbelief? I can understand, like, hungry vines, but <laughs> vines that are like, oh, I can sound like a human? Come on. That's really, really pushing it for the, me. The, the evolutionary, like, progress of this vine, like, it's one step away from getting up and just walking away from the fucking ruins. Like, it's it's got everything. It's, it, it's intelligent. It can speak <laughs> Like what? And, and it can move at varying speeds. That's what really pisses me off. Is that like sometimes it's like rah, just to fucking get the jump scare, and sometimes it's like hey, I'm gonna come after you real slow. Can I'm I get you out your sleep? Can I ask a genuine question while we're discussing the the? Absolutely not. Because like, <laughs> can't they just set it on fire? Like, what's the point of the Mayans being there? Can't they just torch the vines? Right. <laughs> I know. Fuck. <laughs> Well, I, I actually so stupid. I did look up some discussion on that, and it's three things. One, you can't really burn green plants. Two, they didn't have enough like tequila and stuff to cause a big enough well, fire that no, it no, would no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the survivors. I'm talking about the Mayans that know that these vines are evil. I'm sure that they could get enough shit together to get a good blaze going on those ruins. Oh well, yep. one of the theories is that they're not—they're not trying to keep them quarantined to keep the vines in. It's like once you touch the ruin, you have to be sacrificed to it. Okay, it's—it's it's all about sacrificing. You, them. you know what would have been great for this movie? Wow. Anything that established that. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> um, well, you, you know, maybe what? subtitles. It, it, subtitles would be fantastic <laughs> for when the Mayans are yelling shit. The characters still don't need to know what they're saying, but maybe the fucking audience could be clued in on what the hell is happening. <laughs> Well, that and, – and guys, I read this book. I know. Oh. I, I read it over I'm the so past like, week. That's that's part of the book too. It's it's always left ambiguous. We never know what the Mayans are saying or why they're saying it. It's it's constantly left up to, to our interpretation. Yeah, that's – all right, fucking – anyway. So literally like – it's like five minutes after the really painful to watch legs being cut off sequence, Matthias just dies anyway because like a vine just suffocates him by going down his throat. And then Stacy becomes paranoid that the vines are inside her, so Jeff begins to remove them, and then she becomes obsessed with cutting herself to get vines out even if they're not there. Stacy accidentally kills Eric and then demands that Amy murder her. Eventually, Jeff decides that he can make it appear as though Amy's dead to give her hope of survival, and then he'll sacrifice himself to the mines below. Amy escapes, and shortly afterwards, the Greeks arrive, and if you're watching the Untold edition, uh, also, you find out that Amy has been infected by the vines. Yep. So, question. Is it just me, or is this movie basically cabin fever without any attempt at humor and in Mexico? Pretty much. Because that's what it feels like to me. No, it. I, I actually felt... I would almost compare it slightly more in tone anyway 
to hostile without any sense of humor because at least Cabin Fever has characters that I find moderately likable, whereas in Hostile and this movie, no one is likable. <laughs> yeah, I hate Hostile. I, actually, I hate Eli Roth because he just can't make likable characters. I don't know what his problem is. I, I don't like anybody from any movie. I My thing with Eli Roth, a- if we're going to go on this, this tangent, which I'm all about, is that I feel like Eli Roth has consistently disappointed me after how much I liked Cabin Fever with the exception of the Thanksgiving trailer. And every other attempt he's had at Thanksgiving is awesome. Everything beyond that has been a massive disappointment when it's like, I've seen Cabin Fever. I know that you can mix comedy and horror. And you did a pretty good job of it. Do that again. You you worked at Troma. Like, you should understand this. He worked at Troma? Yeah. I would never have known that he was actually, he was shown the way and then fucked it up so horribly. Not only did he work at Troma, Scott, he does the commentary for Bloodsucking Freaks. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, I mean, because basically they were just going to release Bloodsucking Freaks without a commentary track because they didn't have anybody that they could contact from the movie. And Eli Roth was like an intern and was just like, Hey, that's my favorite movie. I'll do the commentary. And they're like, do you think you can talk for, for an hour and a half? And he's like, yep. And uh, anyone who's seen an interview with Eli Roth knows that motherfucker could talk for days. So, oh, God. Yeah. So, so it's basically... Yeah, but if somebody asked me to do the commentary track to Pretty Woman, I'd be like, yeah, that's my favorite movie. I'll do that. <laughs> I need you to get on a DVD. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the one thing I will <laughs> say about the, the, the Blood Sucking Freaks commentary is worth listening to once. Because he does such a good job of just spouting nonsense that it's really tough to tell what parts of it are, like, actual real facts and what's made-up shit that he's just coming up with on the top of his head. Because when you do more research, you're like, oh, that thing was actually true? And then you start to question everything that he says in there for what is real and what isn't. But that's, well, uh, I feel like that's kind of, like, every day with Eli Roth because I don't think he even knows what's real anymore. I think he's just like, I'm going to say something, and I might, and if I say it enough times, regardless of if it's true or not, it will become true in my mind. Additionally, did either of you guys watch The Green Inferno? No, my my buddy went and saw it and said that it is a must-see if you're a writer and want to see how to do a terrible script. (laughs) Okay, well, that explains a lot. Did you tell him that you had had just finished watching The Ruins, so you were good to go? (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've already had my education on that. Hey, you guys know that one character from Cabin Fever that's like, fuck you guys, you can't have any of my beer, and I'm leaving you all here to die? Yeah, that's this every movie, character in this movie. That's movie. This movie is like if five of those guys went on vacation <laughs> to Mexico. <laughs> so I, I do have to ask you real quick, and, and maybe you already told us this. When we were talking about our plans for what to do with this particular episode, you had told us that you had finished reading the book and that you had something that was going to blow our minds. Yeah, okay, so let me ask you this. Who did you hate the most in this movie? Um, Jenna Malone. Really? Yes, dude. dude she she let the the infection out. Like, she's the worst person. She caused it to happen. She got the little boy killed. She was useless piece of shit. All she did was whine, and then she was the one that left, but she also took the infection with her, right? See, I guess that I guess that's true, and I never really because the point where I was most frustrated with her for some reason I didn't care about when she cheated on her on her boyfriend, but I was more frustrated. That was uh, she was wasted. I wouldn't. She didn't do anything. I yeah. wouldn't really consider that. I was more frustrated with the entire conversation in the hotel room 
where like she's just playing the most obnoxious, like the worst type of girlfriend to me, where it's just like, no, it's fine. Like you just go do what you want, and I'll just you know just stay here. And it's like, God damn it! Like all we've done, like I'm sitting there and I'm in Jeff's mind. I'm like. We fucking came to Mexico and we haven't left this goddamn resort. I just want to do one thing. Like, like I got so angry watching that sequence. Um, well, he should have just left her there. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. They took every – I feel bad for Jenna Malone because they took every bad trait and every bad decision of every character from the book and put them all into that one character. Like like this this shit was spread out. I'm like, Stacy was the one that cheated. Yes, Amy was the one that um like touched the vine in the first place that got them stuck there. But she was helpful. She was doing stuff. She didn't whine as much. Uh, like it, like she didn't she didn't escape. She wasn't the one that escaped at the end. Like they took every bad trait of every character and just amalgamated it into this one character, which was just like, why? Why would you do that? Like, you make me just detest this fucking character, and I hate, I hated her. I hated her so bad. So it was like, what? What kind of writing decision is that? Why? Why does it all need to be the, the caused by one single individual? I didn't get it. I, I mean, I think that that might just be. I don't know. I, I... Because it would make sense if I was to sit there and be like, well, they wanted us to just have one character to dislike. That would make sense if it wasn't for the fact that I still disliked everybody. Dislike everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah, all shitty sucks. people. Well, here's the other thing that I hated that they changed. In the book, the, the Greek doesn't die right away. He is actually the one that falls down the shaft and, and he breaks his neck or it breaks his back. Um, so Jeff and Matthias are both still fine. Uh, so for the rest of the the book, they're dealing with this Greek, but they don't speak his language. So that like leg cutting scene, like he doesn't have a say. They all just vote on it together, and then he's <laughs> screaming at them in Greek, and they have no idea what he's they, what he's talking about. But they just hold him down and chop his fucking legs off. And like that's so much better than what we got here. Like and then, <laughs> and then Matthias just instantly gets choked out by the vine, anyways. But Eric does have that awesome line that's like. Well, thank God we chopped off his legs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there was there was a lot of differences. I like in the. Like, can I just spoil the end of the book for you guys? Sure. N- nobody lives. Stacy is actually the last one left alive. Eric is the one that thinks that the vine is in him. That's like crawling. He does like all the cutting and stuff. So anyway, Stacy is the. Why last did they? One that's so silly. That they even changed that. Like Dude, I, they did uh... a bunch of changes like that. You know how Jeff was the one that's like adamant. Like the Greeks are going to come. They'll be here. Blah blah blah. Everyone else in the group was doing that before, and Jeff was the only one that knew. Like no, we're going to be fucking stuck here. He was making them all pee in jugs and stuff. Because he knew, like, we're going to have to preserve water. Like, we're going to be stuck here for a long time. But for some reason, the movie turned around and made him an idiot, too. It was like, what are you doing with these characters? Anyway, so the movie ends with uh, nobody makes it out alive. Everybody dies. Stacy's the last one. And she goes down to the bottom of the thing. And she just looks at the Mayans and, like, condemns their actions and slits her own wrists. And, like, the vines come and, like, drag her off away. That's how the book ends. As shitty as the book sounds, I feel like that would have been a fantastic visual ending of someone like slitting their wrists and instead of blood coming out, just vine spilling out. But oh no no oh, no no no. Awesome. no that's not what the book said at all. Okay. Actually, you know what? That would be all fucking amazing. That would be so good. <laughs> Damn, that would be good. Dude, we gotta. Yeah, why aren't you making movies right now? <laughs> 
we are constantly coming up with better ideas <laughs> for the movies we watch. I'm pretty sure this throughout the entire time that we've done horror movie night, we have yet to do where we like literally rewrite and recast a movie like we used to. You remember that, that one? That one. There was that one night where we recorded like four podcasts in a row, and I think three of those four podcasts we recasted the film. Well, Wasn't John Hamm in a <laughs> Motel Hell? <laughs> Yeah, we yes. had oh we, my God, we put John so Hamm in like six different things for some reason. <laughs> we were really on a John Hamm kick. Okay, so funny story is a friend Why of mine in be? one of the guys in writer's group has a script that he's working on for a short, and his whole goal is that he wants to cast John Hamm as Satan. Because he's like, come on, like, who better to to trick you into doing evil than John Hamm because you just can't say no to that guy and I'm like there's a little bit of truth there if John 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 Hamm could ask me to kill somebody and I guarantee he'd say it with a smile so charming that I'd be like okay hey Matt welcome to the list <laughs> yep you're on the list my friend all right the list of people who are signed up to do the John Hamm dating service he'll look inside your eyes and help <laughs> you through the date I don't have anything else to add Scott do you have anything else to add yes between this and next week's Pick a discussion. I really want us to do a thought experiment here where we consider the antagonists of these two films as SCP entities. I don't know if you guys read SCP at all, but, um, and I don't know if anybody listening does, so I'll just give a real quick rundown. All it is is basically this website where people write creative horror fiction, and uh, it's all about the containment of different horrible monsters and phenomena and diseases and things like that. And some of them are world-ending and things like, you know, whatever. Uh, there's like a zombie virus and there's a monster that if, if you see its face, it will come after you and nothing can stop it and it'll eat you or something. But yeah, SCP is really fun. Um, some of it's fucking drivel, but some of it's really entertaining. But if we were to add the vines and the ruins to it, it would basically be like, a containment breach because the uh, natives were, they had salted the earth so that the vines, somehow back in the past, they had gotten the vines up into the ruins and they salted the earth around it in a perimeter so that they primitively couldn't, uh, in a primitive way so that they couldn't get past it. But uh, fucking idiot Jenna Malone is, is, uh, breaks out of the quarantine and then lets it loose in uh, wherever the hell they were, whatever city near they were nearby and then of course the scp agents would have to come and basically like burn everyone but of course scp would not actually destroy the vine because i'm pretty sure those vines are just as susceptible to some napalm as a little bit of poison ivy but you know like the idiots that they are they would keep it alive and study it and try and find out ways to basically militarize it as kind of weaponize it so uh We'll do this again next week for the retarded space vampires. All right. So are you done? I'm more than done. All right. So I I think it's time for Adam to tell us some notes. All right. So this is the notes for the ruins. We get this first death, right? Like right off the bat, we get the chick in the cave and she's on the cell phone. And and it's like what Scott said, like the vines come in and just instantly rip her away into the darkness. I'm I'm left wondering for the rest of the movie why they don't just do that. Why do they have to be sneaky, sneaky vines like <laughs> and, and then there's people in the cave, like stuck in the cave in the dark, unable to get away. From and they're not and fully the eaten. Yeah, what the like, fuck? Just, that makes no sense. 
like the uh, man, it's like the vines know that somebody's watching. They're trying to create <laughs> uh, create some sense of t- like tension to the to the proceedings here. It's freaking stupid. So uh, Jeff was Mr. Nude Lifeguard 2008. Do you know who Mr. Nude Lifeguard 2009 was? Our old friend Scott Roger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had the calendar. Um, <laughs> I I like the actor that plays Matthias. And no, that is not his real accent. Because no. uh, he was in stuff like The Grey and stuff like that. He so was I like awesome the- in a... I mean, I know a lot of people will shit on me for liking this movie. But he's awesome in fucking Across the Universe. Oh, true, he is in that. He's the he's the friend that the main character befriends in college, Max. Yeah, yeah, and they go get drunk and they sing uh, a little help, help for my, my friends. friends. It's like one of the yes. best scenes in the movie. Yeah, one of. Yeah, there's a lot of great scenes in that movie. People make fun of me for liking that movie, and I'm like, you're assholes. It's all people who don't like. It's all people who don't like the Beatles. Yeah, hey, I used to be one of those people, but I I used, I wised up and I understood that the Beatles are fucking great. <laughs> I, I liked it, but I'm never gonna watch it again. I watched it like once, maybe one and a half times. So yeah, I like him, but that accent got old after about twelve seconds. That was bothering me throughout most of this movie. Yeah, he was like here. a step away from Hans and Franz with his his German accent. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, sounded like he was putting on a production of Springtime for Hitler. Or something. <laughs> God, we could only hope. So, the, the, so in the book, he the, they immediately go with him in the movie. In the book, they've been hanging out with this guy all week, and and he's been acting cagey, and they've been wondering why. And then he finally admits it's because him and his brother got in an argument, and his brother left. That makes sense, you know. You've known this guy for a week. You've been hanging out. You've you know maybe want to help him find his brother. Thirty seconds of explanation? No, fuck off. You're not going alone into the jungle with some random German tourist. Especially like, and this is the thing that bothers me with pretty much any film of this type is like, I don't care if you are aware that you're in a horror movie or not in a horror movie. There is no circumstance whatsoever where I am in another country and I'm just gonna go off on an adventure with a person that I don't know and trust. If it's yeah, a man, it's also no, probably, if it's yeah, if it's John Ham, look, John Ham yeah. is a man that I know and trust. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't do us wrong. <laughs> Jeff is supposed to be like the likable character. I, I mean, and at this point, he's still supposed to be likable. Yes, later on, he's a fucking idiot, which the movie doesn't even seem to realize how much they make you hate him. Like, you do hate him later. You hate everybody. But uh, leaving your drunk girlfriend passed out on a beach around a strange German man that you just met. Fuck you, Jeff. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what? Just, uh, whatever. So now we get to see Stacy's boobs. That's pretty good. Apparently, Scott missed it. Did you catch Eric's must butt, though, Scott? Oh, dude, <laughs> did I catch it? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Matthias, is this your brother's Jeep over here, overgrown, covered in shit, looking like it's run down and been here forever? Huh? Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. We're we're on the right way. We're going the right way, for sure. So, people said this was a bad place. Creepy children are hanging around here. Somebody intentionally obscured the path. Yeah, we must be going in the right direction. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> we got if, if we could please quote my uh, one of my all-time favorite films, The Monster Squad. Guys, stop. Quit being chicken shits. <laughs> or whatever. Stop I it. might have picked that up. Spot on. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hey, that- you don't have any room to criticize me, Mr. Marble Mouth. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't making fun of your stumbling over words. I was making fun of your spot-on impression 
of Phoebe the Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was his Elvira impression. They all the same. <laughs> I brought you bed, man. Oh, look at my booby tassels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly the end of Elvira. She sounds like fucking Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger. <laughs> Yeah, finally the fucking Vegas show. He's like, you confused? What? Yeah. Oh, good. You've seen my tits. Right. So I explained how the theory that these they're, it's all about sacrifice and stuff. But if that's not correct and they're supposed to be protecting people from like going near this place and spreading the infection, then maybe one of you learned to speak a, a language other than Mayan. Maybe just one of you has to do that. Just yeah. an interpreter. You know, that's no big deal. It, it could help. Save a lot of trouble. <sighs> too hard. Too much work. So, yeah, I already explained. Matias wasn't the one that fell down the hole, and it was a bummer to see him go, because now you've only got Jeff. Like, in the book, there was two strong characters. Like, there was Jeff and Matias. They both had their shit together. They both knew survival stuff. In this, it's like, I don't know, nobody cares. Whatever. <laughs> We're all pretty resigned to die within the first five minutes of being here. They, they are? Like, they aren't? proactive about getting things done or trying to find some way to actually fix their situation. But then they just kind of hem and haw about it. They don't really, I don't know. They're, they're the most wishy-washy people ever. They're, well, basically they're everybody I went to college with. So I guess that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah, pretty well. So Amy is just awful in this movie. She's just a terrible character. And she's, like I said, she's taken on, the combined stupidity of everyone else in this movie, uh, which just makes her so unlikable. And then she goes and gets a child shot in the head. Yeah. So I really, really don't like her. So that, that scene happens, though. Like, she runs down. Jeff tries to stop her. She's having a screaming hissy fit. Gets that little boy killed. And then it hard cuts to Jeff is making the back brace. And Eric is braiding the tent together. And Amy's just sitting there on her ass looking off into the distance. And I'm like, what What are you doing? You're so awful. Like, how- <laughs> <laughs> I love your, your, your frustration with the character. Oh, she's so bad. I would have thrown her down that pit. I would have been like, get out of here. You're just taking up space. I just um, would have tripped her. She would have been by the side. It would have done its job, and you would have been absolved of any guilt from anybody else. Have been like uh, clumsy asshole, Amy. <laughs> yeah, but it fell into the killer vines. Whoops! That's so Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so they move Matias, and his spine sounds like goddamn bubble wrap. Like that. That was pretty rough. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> special. Terrible. So the hand job scene. Let's talk about the hand job scene. When you don't have the internal dialogue of the characters reasoning behind what they're doing, just randomly giving your boyfriend a hand jibber in the tent while your best friend watches is a really awkward fucking scene. (laughs) Incredibly awkward. Uh, I just figured that, listen, if someone is going to offer me a hand job, I mean, if my if my significant other is going to offer me a hand job, why would you why would I ever say no? No, it's fine. It's fine. But did you see that coming? Like, did you expect her to crawl I in? Felt and it. Be- <laughs> oh, oh, but, God damn it! <laughs> but this is this is the scene that I I really wish that they had kept it the same as in the book, because in the book it's um it's Eric that's that gets his leg cut and and it's then they use the hand job. 
What's that? Is he the one that gives the hand job? No, no, no. He he gets the hand job, and it and it detailed describes like the hand, like the come hitting the tent and like splatting on the ground, and then both of them falling to sleep. In the morning, he gets up, and the vine has been attracted by his semen. And when he oh. pulls, when he pulls the uh, blanket off him, it has wrapped itself around his dick. So he's like r- rushing to get it off his dick, and like finally he's like, "Oh, who?" And that's when he notices that it's inside his leg. <laughs> it's like that's so much better. Oh, dude. <laughs> wow! They had no need to have that awkward hand job, none at all, in the movie. But the book, oh, oh, that's so dark. I love it. Right? It makes so much more sense. Like it's just. It was not a great book. I don't, I don't is recommend it. Just, it. Is it just a good book compared to the movie that you watched? Yeah, if I had yes. just read this book, I would have been like, ah, well, whatever. No no harm lost. But pair it with this movie, and you're like, oh, it, like the movie taints the book. You're like, everything's stupid now. I hate all of it. But see, this is another one of those films where, like, again, I'm baffled because this is one of those fucking movies where, like, the critical reviews weren't bad. Like, it has a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's really split down the middle, and I don't understand what people see in it. I really don't. There's not a, a single redeemable... I, I don't know. I guess they just like the, the concept, the conceit of, like, ooh, spooky vines and Mayans trapped and blah. But I, don't I like that, too, but I, I could just read SCP, and it would be fine. Like, I don't know. There you go. And also, Save yourself this, the trouble. this movie like was made for such a low budget that it already made its budget in its first week, even though it only debuted at number five. It, well, the bigger think... issue is that it actually debuted at number five. That's crazy. <laughs> this movie is terrible. <laughs> you can you can see where their lack of budget was when they fucking have those CG vines in the in the cave and shit. Like the scene where the two girls go down. And then the vines start coming after them. Man, yeah. I laughed at how fucking when it grabbed when it grabbed the torch away from her, I was just fucking dying. I was like, "Come on, Do I'm you... supposed to be scared of this?" Like, oh man. So there's a quote if you're on the Wikipedia page uh, at the end. It talks about how there was like a bunch of different endings that they shot, and uh, the director told an interviewer that uh, they shot a bunch of different stuff because they wanted to see which one worked best in the finished film. Uh, there's a testing process you go through with a studio movie, and it's as frustrating as it can be, but it really gives you a good sense of how an audience feels about an ending. Our final decision was informed by what audiences found the most satisfying after watching a really punishing film. <laughs> I love the ending of the book, but if the movie had ended that way, the audience would have wanted to kill themselves. Well, guess what, director she man? She still I dies. I still wanted to kill myself at well, the end of this. I, I think that he managed to uh, make a really punishing film, but not in the way that he, I think he's referring to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. So at, at some point, Jeff says the line, four Americans don't just disappear on vacation. Uh, I've got some bad news for you, Jeff. <laughs> that shit happens all the fucking time, buddy. And, and then we get the leg scene. And that was like, if you've ever heard anybody talk about this movie, they talk about the leg scene. And Matt, you did say that it was pretty brutal, but I just thought it was kind of lame. No, I and really... I don't, no, and, and, and I don't mean, it's only brutal because of the acting from the guy playing Mat- Matthias, because he's... He actually is a half decent actor, so he's able to convey pain. Um, yeah, but like 
if you put that on mute and just watch that scene by itself, it's fucking garbage. It's it's silly and ridiculous and and goes too long. But I there is a point where just like someone's screaming, you know, please stop over and over again. Where I'm just like, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't watch this comfortably. Well, he couldn't feel the pain. It's yeah. just uh, the visuals. Um, <laughs> there's there's a pretty subtle thing in here, which I which is probably the smartest thing that the movie does, and it might actually be doing it completely on accident. He says that Matthias is going to get septicemia. Or, or something like that. I might be saying it incorrectly, but but he says he's going to get an infection. He says that he's going to get septicemia because his bones are exposed and the bacteria is going to infect his bones. Septicemia is a blood infection and has absolutely nothing to do with bones. So that's just kind of like a subtle thing of like, oh, you know what? Jeff actually has no fucking idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and it's a little bit better like that. I like that. Man, these vines uh, vines had a craving for some German chicken wings there. Crawl in and <laughs> run off with those. Okay, there's a scene where, like, Amy comes out there. Like, him, Amy and Jeff are having this, like, heart-to-heart conversation. And Jeff says something along the lines of, uh, Amy, you don't have to say anything. Because you're literally five people worth of stupid, and I don't care about whatever it is that's coming out of your mouth. I don't fucking care. I don't care. <laughs> Did I lose you guys? Are you guys? Okay. No, I laughed while you were while you were saying it. Sorry. Um, I, just, I, I you got the validation you wanted. Don't worry. All right. Perfect. Thank you. So uh, Jeff pulls a little bit of a magic trick here. It's called the never-ending vine. He just keeps pulling it out of Amy's back. <laughs> that that oh. fucking thing was just like, woo. So, you know, they finished cutting open Amy. There's evil vines everywhere. Uh, they're all on the verge of death. Best thing to do is take a midday nap. Right about now is a good time for a little cat nap, don't you think? <laughs> Listen, if you're tired, you nap. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty tired. They had a long day. They, do you notice that throughout the movie, there's, their clothes are becoming more and more covered in that vine, that green shit? Yeah. Uh, well, well, you... I think that that's like the start of the vine. It, it It is. It's like some sort of spore that's gotten on them. Why would they keep wearing those clothes though? Like they're like disgusted. Well, to what, even... Like they have anything else to wear? I don't know. Stacy could have walked around naked. Whatever. I don't. I have no idea. Dude, I don't... listen, you fucking shitlord. She's not going <laughs> to walk around naked for your enjoyment just so that you can see her before she dies. She literally Ugh. did that 30 minutes ago in the movie. <laughs> But that was like three days before she goes crazy. Oh, whatever. Um, do you, can we all agree that they should have cut the explanation scene? You know, where Jeff is like putting the blood on Amy's face and explaining what the plan is. Would it not have been better if he had just come down the steps with Amy's body and, and we found out that she was still yes, alive? Yes, that would have been yeah. much better. But You know, you know why that would have been a better idea? Because it would have made the movie three minutes shorter. <laughs> <laughs> anything. Anything. <laughs> See, here we what go. We, right in, what if right we just cut, movie again. What if we just cut the whole thing where they go to the, the ruins? <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's just make this a delightful... watch the first half of Hostel. So. Well, let's just make this a delightful 15-minute movie about a bunch of people who go to Mexico and a German guy asks them to go to ruins and they say, no, thank you, and then they get on a plane safely and go home. <laughs> it's just, it's politely declined. <laughs> but you still got to see Amy naked or else Adam would 
Piss your shit fit. <laughs> yes, please. Stacy, actually. It was Stacy. Um, oh, I wouldn't oh, mind Amy right. either, though. But no, no, actually, you know what? At the end of this movie, I don't even want to say, I don't want to look at her face. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck her. Uh, so uh, here's a question. Who fucking cares if it gets out? You know, if if these minds hadn't been quarantining this thing, maybe we could show it to like some scientists and research it. And I bet you that we could make this fucking plant extinct within like a year. With fire. Or they could just uh, napalm it, yeah. <laughs> like, Come on. Yeah, so uh, that's the ruins. Uh, I fucking hated it. It was stupid. I hate everything about it. I don't know. If if you like this movie, you can try and explain to me why, but I, I just I don't think I'm going to get it. I just don't understand it. And quick apology to Rich, because I don't think we've even once acknowledged that he picked this movie. <laughs> we're trying to do him a solid by not letting everybody that listens know what a shit pick this was <laughs> <laughs> but we do love rich he's a good dude uh so he's great i think he was really just messing with us yeah no but he's this is a terrible film but no rich you know i you know what it gave us a great episode and i sometimes think that that's why you pick these things um Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! So let's talk about what we watched this week. I've got some quick ones that I can rattle off real fast. Uh, I checked out the first episode of The Muppets, and uh, it was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, uh, but I'm curious to see where it goes from here. There is a joke about the bear community that completely caught me off guard, so that was was pretty awesome. (laughs) For Weird-Ass Movie Night, we watched My Best Friend is a Vampire, which is an awesome movie, and I've talked about it on the old podcast before, and I'll talk about it on this one, too. Uh, it's just yeah, a, will. it's just a really good movie, and I feel like not enough people have seen it because it's overshadowed by Once Bitten. But I think that this is the superior film. And I watched <laughs> the Italian slasher movie Pieces, which is oh, it's on my short list. Oh, it is fucking crazy. Like that is, movie, it, is it worth watching? Oh, it's great, but like, like know what you are stepping into. Like it is just brutal. It's bizarre. The gore is great. The twists are insane. Uh, it is a it is a fun movie. But that's all I have to say. So let's move on to Scott because I think Adam has part one of a two part story for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got two things to talk about. Well, three things. I'm sorry. Uh, did I mention a couple weeks ago that I finally watched Ghoulies two? No. But how oh much better God. is that than Ghoulies one? Well, no, we don't talk about Ghoulies 1. Uh, but, man, Ghoulies 2, so funny. Like, ah, I just love 80s horror flicks. They just are so so cheesy, and they could get away with it. I don't know what happened to that. Like, nothing, nothing modern is ever cheesy or fun. It's always super serious, or it's got to be very obviously a, a, a horror comedy. There's no middle ground, and it's yeah. annoying. But yeah, yeah, I loved Ghoulies too. Yeah, it's very the, rare the, that the they do five. the comedy right. The you, well, like no, for well, every you, slither, you get like a thousand films that can't 
get the tone right. Zombievers. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Slither is not fair because I feel like that is... I guess you're right. It, it, it can count, but it's also a pastiche of 80s horror, so it would obviously would not have worked if they hadn't gotten that cheesiness and that that very subtle humor right. But then there's like Dale and Tucker, or Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and uh, that movie is great. But it is straight. It is a comedy horror. Like it's not a horror movie with some comedy in it. Yeah. So it doesn't. I don't know. I just feel like just. It, everything's everything's got to be a pastiche or it's got to be a parody and there's nothing that's like serious horror but with some good fun in it it's always got to be so goddamn serious and it's frustrating so anyway i think, I think we need to infuse uh hollywood with with more massive amounts of cocaine yeah because that's uh, like they really oh, tone down on the blow <laughs> yeah Everybody's everybody's doing H and just being all depressed. Yeah, um, doing H and making like fucking Requiem for a Dream and stuff. Or you're you're just sitting over there and, and watching Ghoulies Red Two. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here watching Ghoulies Two, waiting for Ghoulies Four. Um, I also uh, so I watched I rewatched the Last Starfighter, which is because Megan and I were watching the Star Wars trilogy. Uh, we're only through the first two, uh, I mean, four and five, basically, but we don't talk about the first three. But Last Starfighter was is, is still a really fun movie. Uh, of the of all the movies that were Star Wars ripoffs, it is the best, in my opinion. I also rewatched The Good Bits, uh, which is, let me say, The Good Bits in, in quotation marks, uh, of Evil Tunes, which I've been talking about for months on end to try and get Matt to watch it. I take it back. I retract that statement. Don't watch it. It's so it's so much worse than I remembered. It's so bad. And, and like, I was basically I wanted you to watch it for the nudity, but now that it's years later, I'm an adult, and there's porn freely flowing everywhere, and it's not 1999, and I'm like just hard up for. Uh, Pun intended for uh, any kind of TNA. Uh, yeah, don't watch Evil Tunes. It's the worst Evil Dead ripoff you've ever even imagined. <laughs> so that's me. All right. Uh, Adam? All right. So I, I went to see a screening of Candyman and a Q&A with Tony Todd. Uh, first of all, I drove four fucking hours to get there. What? Already not oh, worth how it. Much <laughs> do you love? Do, do, I didn't know that you were that big of a Candyman fan, and and that I think I might quit the podcast until next I'm, week. <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, I like Candyman. I think it's a good movie. I didn't even understand it was about racism, though. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. We we got free tickets for it. Like we won a, a contest and we got free tickets. So, and and it was only supposed to be about a two hour drive, but we got stuck in fucking traffic and ended up in like gridlock on the 401 so it was bad uh i i, I was obviously not very happy when i got there um but I, I was i was pretty happy to get out of the car because the person that was driving was playing a b52 album on fucking repeat over and over and over again for like four hours i was like get me the fuck out of here so uh, I, I was I, I was kind of excited when we got there because they had this huge tent set up, like just gigantic. So I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Walk in the front door, empty space, nothing but empty fucking space for as far as the eye could see. And maybe like 25 people were there. 
Oof. So and and I'm like this play, this this is nef- definitely not recoup its money because I mean we got the tickets for fucking free so I definitely didn't go to support this like this event or anything uh, it must have been yeah they must have just bled money so anyways uh, we get in there and there's this like Evanescence ripoff band playing Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Playing it to like an audience of one too, because there's only one person that's actually looking at them and paying attention to them. And it was a photographer. And I later found out that that was the lead singer's mom. So like just (laughs) this whole place is just steeped in depression right now. (laughs) Um, There's three booths in the entire fucking place. There was the room org booth. They were the event organizers, so they didn't actually have anything at their booth. Uh, they were, like there was nothing there. Um, I, there was this other booth that I never managed to figure out exactly what it was because the people that were running it looked just pissed that they were there and like pissed at the turnout. But I think it was like they would create uh, a zombie figure of you. Like a life-sized zombie version of you. What? What and is the money for that stupid bullshit? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't have six. I didn't bring six hundred, seven hundred dollars to this thing, and I don't want to get on your shitty mailing list. Like, get away from me. <laughs> the, the other booth was the mask guys. Like, there's always mask guys at the convention, right? And he did have really cool stuff, but they were just like desperate for human contact because like I came over, <laughs> I started I started looking at stuff and his sales pitch was yeah man you don't even have to buy anything you can just hang out if you want to chill and I was like oh fuck <laughs> like Jesus calm Whoa. down buddy. <laughs> but, but one of us ended up buying um did did, anyone, did you guys see like Twisty the Clown from the fourth season of American Horror Story No I've yes. never seen a single second of it but you know, you know if you saw it, it's the I, I don't watch American Horror Story either. It's the big smiley face monster, or uh, gotcha. like the monster I, smile. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Okay, I know. It. Yeah, one of us bought like the 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 smiley mouth part that like goes over your face. Yeah. One of us bought that, so that was kind of cool. But we were just talking to those guys for a bit because they were just so hard up for anybody to talk to. Um, but I, I turned around and I saw a bar, so I immediately fucking beeline for that. Cause I was like, this is awful. <laughs> Get me away from this. And I got over there and $9 for domestic beer. I was like, go fuck yourself. Like, God, this is terrible. So anyways, they had all these like couches and stuff set up. Um, so we sat down we we're waiting for Candyman to come on and a fucking magician rolled up on us and this guy was not provided by the event he was just creeping up on people in the crowd and without asking like he would dive into his routine so you couldn't turn him down he had to awkwardly sit there and watch this guy perform magic tricks so we all were just like just not fucking feeling it and he just like limped his way through three tricks and then he was just like awkwardly packed his shit didn't even say anything and walked away from us we're like oh my god fuck and his name was mysterion he called himself mysterion i was like a character from a south park episode like come on what are you doing anyways i really wish he would have been peter vincent in the fright night remake yeah see him i would have been cool to fucking talk to for a bit but as long as you had a couple bottles of midori Anyway, so I, I'll uh, that's that's it for part one. I'll tell you about the actual screening and how much of a fucking shithead Tony Tony Todd is next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Well, that was our discussion on The Ruins. If you have any ideas for movies that you want us to watch, feel free to send us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. I will give you guys a, a quick spoiler alert. You can stop asking us to watch Tusk. We, we've fought against this tooth and nail. We will fucking do it. We will bite the goddamn bullet and watch Tusk. But please stop emailing us to watch Tusk. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're doing that in our time, though. We yeah, will watch Tusk yeah. when we want to watch yeah, Tusk. We're, we're gonna, we'll watch Tusk after we've watched like five or six movies that we loved where we're ready to just be upset again. <laughs> but, well, hey, here's the thing. You've been pestering people for months to send us emails. People start sending us emails, and you're like, stop sending us emails. I know. I have no problem with – Mixed with, messages. No, no. I have no problem with the emails. I'm just letting them know that we will get to Tusk eventually. You don't You don't have to be the person to make that suggestion anymore because five or six people have already beaten you to it. So and to be fair – Everybody that listens to this fucking thing. <laughs> to be fair, we were asking for emails of your pictures of your dicks. So for, sending yeah. us requests to watch Tusk is like that's a little weird. Yeah, we want you to show us your <laughs> we want to see your tusks, not hear about the movie. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> uh so check out this podcast next week when we're gonna talk about Life Force, the movie that Adam picked and uh kind of sort of regret it picking, I guess, question mark. Which seems know, to be an I know ongoing. Why I picked it? Yeah, I know why I did. Yeah, and that, that seems, I do. That seems <laughs> to be the on, that seems to be the ongoing theme with all of how many. We should do research on how many of Adam's picks since he's became the the co host on this show. Has the episode started with him going, "I'm sorry, guys." <laughs> <laughs> it's happened quite a few times. You're right. <laughs> so check us out next week to listen to the episode of Life Force. But in the meantime, feel free to throw us some comments, follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, and email us some movie ideas that you would like to hear us talk about, excluding the movie Tusk, at hmnpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Scott, what are you what are you making those fresh baked cookies for? <laughs> well, my grandchildren gonna come over later. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo!
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 